3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone
0: call up there.
2: Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone.
3: You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. caller.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for joining me. If you would like to participate in this show that we've got here, which is a call-in show, you can call in to 608 501 New callers go to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so we're just going to kick this thing off old school. And we're going to start with Jesse.
1: Hello, Ryan. Uh, Hello. I'm just, uh, I just listened to your podcast, and, well, one of the things that came up was the post-June 1 designation for Rodgers, so um, doesn't seem like it's possible to get the pick and then um, trade him post-June 1st. I guess if, if the teams really trust each other, maybe the following would be a way is that the Jets pick whoever that whoever we want and then um, don't sign them to a contract. So they have their rights, but they haven't technically signed them. And then uh, trade the player on June 2nd, and then we trade Rogers to them. So we just swap the rights, and then we just sign the new player. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but you no. Know, thought it might be something to look at. I mean, we've seen post, um, uh pick trades like with uh, Eli Manning and Philip Rivers I know it happened a long time ago and things have changed but I don't know if that's still a possibility i um I'd like to hear your thoughts
2: thanks yeah so just to kind of catch everybody up I, I and again I don't know exactly how this works I'm just trying to figure this out and read the information and and you know I read it to you so that We're all kind of on the same page and then gave what I thought made the most sense about it. But the point is that there is no such thing as a post-June 1 trade designation, just like there is a post-June 1, um, whatever, retirement or cut designation or whatever. In other words, you can do something prior to June 1 and then designate it post-June 1 because it has different salary cap implications. You can't do that with a trade. And so if we did physically trade Aaron Rodgers... Prior to the draft, we could not have it be a post-June 1, so we would have to take the full, whatever it is, $40 million cap hit or something for Aaron Rodgers this year while he's not here, so that we can get that compensation. I th- I think. I don't know. Because again, I can't imagine a situation where we can do a trade, but also kind of not do a trade, you know? In other words, we take, be, be, because the way that it was phrased, too, is that you could not process the trade until after June 1st, which is fine, but... My thought is, if it's not processed, can we take ownership of that first pick? Can we do a trade in name and then trade with their pick, and then they process? I can't imagine that's the case, but maybe. I don't know. But anyways, that's the foundation of this. And if I am correct about that, that you can't do any of that stuff, then one of the things that's been proposed, and I think somebody else might have said this too, I don't know if it was on the show or privately or whatever, but essentially just tell the Jets who we want with their pick. They pick that player, we pick our player. And then after June 1st, we essentially just do a, a one-for-one player trade or, or however that all pans out. Number one, I, I just I cannot imagine that they would actually do that. Um, it just seems extremely far-fetched, although in a sense it kind of makes sense. But you mentioned trust, and there'd have to be a heck of a lot of it. Beyond that, as far as like trades and negotiations and stuff, I just feel like if you got a deal, you just got to sign on the dotted line. Um. You would hate to lose a deal because things have just gotten kind of ridiculous. Um, Other issues, you draft somebody and your entire fan base is like, yeah, that's crazy. And then what? You tell them immediately after. Do you say beforehand going into the draft so everybody's aware of how this is all going to work out or how does that all work? And then beyond that with trades, what if the Packers want to trade up or trade back? They would have to stay at 13. Otherwise, it gets massively convoluted. And so it kind of gets into this super weird... Um, I don't want to say impossible because it's entirely possible to, to do that. But in terms of it, could it actually happen? I just feel like the odds are basically zero. But I could be wrong.
1: Okay. I have to uh, comment on the superhero realism shenanigans. Okay. Um, I think for what it's worth being part-time in law enforcement, uh, probably the most realistic, but yet kind of crosses that line as well. Yeah. That's probably not realistic to a point is the Bourne series.
2: I did like the Bourne. Uh, Jason Bourne. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time and I'm sure they've made like six more, but I'm, I do remember watching the first one and I remember liking it a lot. Now there's, Probably a, a line, you know, when you're younger, you can do whatever you want, and I don't really care about the realism, and as I've gotten older, I've gotten more crotchety about it. So I this was kind of a long time ago. Maybe my opinion would change, but um, I do remember really liking that. I, I know I saw the first one, possibly the second one, and I'm 90% sure I haven't seen anything beyond two. How many are there? You know, it looks like there's five. That seems kind of reasonable, I guess. And they haven't... Brought one out since twenty sixteen, so it kind of feels like they might be done. Although that seems impossible because we're still in the area, uh, the era of um, remakes. But two thousand two, two thousand four, two thousand seven, and they went about five years, and they went another four years, and it's been seven years. So I don't know. They're they're probably making one right now. I don't know. But uh, anyways, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: And everything he does is pretty spectacular without being superhuman. But, you know, you can still tell there's some pretty incredible uh, uh, abilities there. So, I don't know. That's why I like it. I like watching it over and over again. It never gets too old, watching the Bourne series movies. So, uh, if you haven't watched those, Ryan, I definitely highly recommend them. So, I'm out.
2: Yeah, that's a good idea. I kind of forgot about the whole Bourne thing. And I know I did like, I should just do a run-through, especially since I haven't seen it in a long time. Although, I'm sure I'm going to have to pay money for that. Please be on Netflix. Got to upgrade to the movie package. I'm not watching movies, man. You guys all watch movies. I'm not watching movies. I'm not buying these movie packages. Stupid. Unless you want to hook me up with your login or something, then, you know, I'll check it out. All right, Nate, what's going hey on? Hey, Nate. it's Nate. Uh, I had a
4: bachelor party last night, so I'm calling in very hungover. But okay. wanted to give the final answer for uh, for trivia. Um Burt Reynolds was uh like an all-American Can I say
2: tight end? At
4: which position at Florida State? The correct answer is running back. Was running <sighs> that was back, one of the options. It was the same thing was, that he Was, was one of the of options. Plays
2: in the newer longest yard Go back up. I settled on tight end, but I said linebacker or fullback/running back because that's what they were back in the day. Um that uh you know those are the options. So again, I get partial credit. I think I don't know. I'm the one keeping score. I give myself a hundred out of a thousand. I mean, a thousand out of a hundred. It doesn't really matter. The numbers are made up.
3: Hi, Ryan. It's your wife. Oh, hi. Oh, I haven't done this in a while, so I'm nervous again. That's all right. <laughs> um. Okay, let me think. What my question first? Uh, what do the Packers need to do next year to be even better? And I know that's probably a broad question, but I'm interested in your thoughts. Okay. And um, what's your favorite thing to do?
2: All right, let's start with the first one. (laughs) What's your favorite thing to do? What is life? Um, What do the Packers need to do to be better? That is a broad question. Um... Could be a question for guys, though, too. Either way, broads, guys, dudes, whatever. Um, I'm going to stick with the the common theme that I've had of locker room cohesion. We could add a player here or there. We could do this or that or whatever. But um, I think getting 100% out of our locker room is more important than adding a couple players and having them join this team that's running at about 48%. So, yes, get as much talent as you possibly can in the draft. Do whatever you can in free agency, whether it's Rodgers, love, whatever. But just find a way to get the best out of all the guys that are playing, whether that's scheme or, you know, again, locker room cohesion or whatever that is. We got to get better results from the guys that we have. And that's, that's on the coaching staff. As much as we sit here and talk about Aaron Rodgers and everything else, at the end of the day, whoever the people are, They've got to put a quality product on the field, so that is going to be the test, right? Uh, the the next first part. I hope there's a second part of the second part of the question, um, but it started off with, "What's your favorite thing to do?"
3: Well, or to like research? Oh, no, okay. I think you're calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to wait. What's your favorite thing to research? Oh. In the off season.
2: And- Everything to research in the off-season? Um, I don't know. I mean, I... Uh, I mean, it would have to probably pertain to the draft. And so somehow, some way, trying to put together my own cohesive big board, I guess, um... Which I am severely lagging in, as I do other things and just don't have the motivation to do the grunt work required to finish um, my project. I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to finish it, but it's just a whole lot of work that I don't really want to do. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Part three
3: and last question: What is something or some place you've never gone to that you would love to go to,
1: like
2: on a vacation or something? Okay, bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Um. I mean, there's there's a lot of places if I, you know, if I just had a billion dollars and was going to spend my life traveling, I would easily put together a pretty big list. But if you were to say we're going to take a vacation and you cannot say Florida, where do you want to go? Eh, it's a part of me that wants to keep it real safe, find an ocean somewhere, preferably on the Gulf. So I'm leaning Texas, but apparently that part of Texas is not great. Galveston and whatnot. It would be kind of nice to go somewhere, whether that be Texas or whatever, that has some really good barbecue, although that's not really a family thing. But if we could find someplace like Memphis, I don't actually want to go to Memphis, but you know what I mean? Like you'd want to go there as a family for a vacation, but also it is the barbecue capital of the universe. And according to the robot, um, some places that could be considered the barbecue capital of the world, Kansas City, Missouri, Memphis, Tennessee, Lockhart, Texas, or Lexington, North Carolina. The draft, I think, is in Kansas City, Missouri, isn't it? Because I was, after the draft last year, when I figured out where it was, I I told my wife, just so you know, I'm going there, which is not something that I do, but it's like, I'm just, I'm just telling you right now, I'm doing it. And I'm, I'm definitely not going, but uh, I was convinced that I was going to. There was a time. What's going on in Lockhart, Texas? A whole lot of nothing. I don't know. I don't know. Something beach and food related. Carolinas, maybe. I don't mean to be disrespectful to the Carolinas, but I I just struggle with that being. It's not my version of barbecue so much. It's going to be delicious food, no question. But it's like they've, they've got their own version of what barbecue sauce is. They do a lot of whole hog, and it's like, I don't know, dude. I think Chicago-style barbecue is kind of similar to Memphis, if I had to guess. I don't really know. So that's kind of what I think of. And I know Texas is all, like, beef and salt and pepper and all that. Hmm. Just not so sure about the Carolinas. I mean, I, I like it there. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I don't think that would be my answer. I wonder if we'd switch it up and do something in, like, Europe. Go to, like, Italy, you know? They have oceans there and Italian food. France? Not, like, um, not Paris. Cause that's a crap hole, but you know, like Southern France could be cool. I would say Mexico, but I just saw a map today and we're like, here's a map of places that you really shouldn't go to. And those were in green. And then there's spots in red. That's like, I'm not asking if you go there, they're going to shoot you in the face. And it was half the state or half the country, but it was like the, almost the entire border of Mexico. So it's like if you take a boat around to that little peninsula, you might be all right. But otherwise, just don't go to Mexico. And it's like, you know what? I'm sure there are places in uh, in the United States that make plenty good tacos. All right, I don't need to go there. Ask permission from the cartels if I can have a burrito or anything like that. I'm sure there are people in New Mexico that can figure it out for me or something. You know what I mean? Out East has some pretty good food, but you know, it's out East weather sucks the oceans suck the traffic sucks people are rude good food though apparently so I guess I don't know kind of cheating but I'm just going to say we should just go on a cruise okay that's what I want to do I want to sit on a boat and eat food and stare at the ocean and then eat food while I stare at the ocean and then walk back to the ice cream shop staring at the ocean might need you to hold my hand and guide me because I'm not going to be watching where I'm walking I'm going to be eating food and staring at the ocean alright
3: Brian <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: What up, dude?
3: Well, 65, How's it going? Calling you from Bart. Bart is my truck. Bart? And, uh, yeah, remember when you suggested a vacation? Yes. Well, I already had that planned. Oh, sure. Unfortunately, I couldn't plan a larger one because I have house projects due this year, like a roof on my house. Could you
2: just give me credit uh, for something?
3: But I was able to acquire... Yeah. A little cottage on the Wisconsin River, I believe, in your neck of the woods somewhere. I Ayo. I don't think you lived exactly here, but... Going canoeing? Uh, just north of Madison, out of Plainette. Nice. So me and the dog, going for two nights. Going what? Um, starting off at the McKenzie Center, which I guess is a little nature park thing, and they have a bunch of little trails and a museum and everything else. And Yeah. So that's what I'm doing today.
2: Sounds All right, good. That. Have a good. One.
3: Oh, by the way, going Sunday to Tuesday, so it's Sunday morning about ten thirty. I'm gonna go to the park first, eat some lunch, hike around, and then we'll go and uh, we'll go and get into our Airbnb. Okay. See ya.
2: Okay. Bye. Um. Yeah. So I um. I know it's a little cold for canoeing, but that's that's sort of what I know about that river. Even when I was living down in Illinois, we used to uh drive up from Illinois and um it's kind of funny. Me, um, what, what did we do? I don't know. But it kind of up by the Dells somewhere we would pop in. It might even be right over by you somewhere cuz I know we would drive like through Middleton area. I don't know if we crossed over by like the Baraboo side of the river or not or if we stayed over on like the Poignette side or Lodi side or whatever. But anyways, um kind of drop in up top and then I don't know if they drive oh no there's probably a bus that that drives you back but then they pick you up down in uh I don't know but I we we saw oh you know what we were driving to my dad was looking at property in Wisconsin Gays Mills what is that anyways it was over in the uh Richland Center area And uh, that's where you stop and they pick you up on the old bus and take you back to your car. But it's super cool. It's like a two-day thing. And on the Wisconsin River, they got all these little islands. So you just go kind of all day canoeing down the river, stop on an island, pitch a tent, sleep over, get up, do the whole thing again. And uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Except when the wind is blowing against the current and you have to actually work really hard to move the canoe. Also should be noted... There are some nudist areas around there. So if you're bringing your kids, just uh, be aware. <laughs> I I don't I don't remember if they told us ahead of time or not. They may have. I don't really remember, but I definitely remember seeing somebody come buck naked walking out of the woods somewhere and just being like, "What am I looking at right now?" Is that dude uh that dude not have like pants and stuff? And why? then you assume like he's gonna see you and run like oh shoot i thought i was just walking around naked in an area where there was no people but no and then then there's more people naked walking around not not people that should be naked walking around but they definitely were we just stood there we just kind of had a moment staring at each other trying to figure figure out life you know but anyways hope you enjoy your vacation checking out that center you were talking about haven't been there but it looks pretty cool
4: Hey Ryan, it's Craig from Indiana. Hey. Uh, a long time no call, but I have been uh, religiously listening to uh, the uh, podcast and After Dark. So Thank you. Continue to appreciate your work and uh, all the folks calling in. Entertaining and good questions. Um, a couple of things. Uh, one, I know there's been some talk about trading back, uh, which which the more I look at it um, and listening kind of to, to some of your stuff, the more I think. Um, that we should do that, but, but again, depends on what, where the board is and what's falling. And, um, so, um, you know, it just, I, what, what, what I've been hearing is there really aren't a lot of true first round talent in this draft. Um, I think, I don't know, I think you might have talked about only seven or eight or something. Um, so we're not going to get those. And then uh, the second reason I would think we drop, uh, drop back is because of the depth. At some of our key positions that we need, I think about the tight end and uh, think about um, well, edge. Sounds like it's pretty deep. Um, so again, why wouldn't we move back? Maybe and and, uh, and get an extra pick somewhere. Um, so we'll see. Obviously, what happens with that, but uh, I get. I don't think I'd be that upset if uh, we do that again. Depending on how the board board falls. Um, second uh, thing I want to kind of bring up.
2: Yeah, before you get there, just, you know, I'm, I'm with you on all that. It's just, obviously, all of that is speculation. The, the Packers may have 25 first-round prospects on their board. They may have 17. They may have six, but the sixth one falls to us because there's such, you know, wide divergence. You know, maybe they're massively in love with Jackson Smith and Jigba and think that he's the sixth-best prospect or the tenth-best prospect, and, you know, the guys in front of them just don't necessarily agree or they like other people or whatever, and it, it falls that way. Um, but that was just sort of my, I guess, early thoughts on things. I'm, I'm trying to readjust after the combine, um, you know, for example, I mean, the, the wide receivers are, are kind of a big one. I don't know where they stand on Jackson Smith and Jigba, but he's kind of borderline for me at this point. Jordan Addison, there's no chance, no chance in the world. I would take him at 15 or, or I don't think there's any chance that anybody would genuinely see him as a legitimate first round prospect now that isn't to say he won't get drafted in the first round 32 guys or 31 i guess this year have to get drafted in the first round which is actually kind of an interesting note that all of our picks are kind of you know we, we pick 15th in the first round and then 14th sort of every round after that because everything gets bumped up thanks to uh miami for being stupid and then quentin johnston i'm i'm you know i don't know But even things like Anthony Richardson, and again, I don't know that NFL teams will adjust their boards whatsoever, but just the fact that I'm relatively confident that he probably goes before the Packers, You know, we're talking about now Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson most likely being four guys that are going to go. So if you're not looking for quarterback, which let's assume we're not, it's kind of like we're picking 11th. Do you have 11 guys, not including quarterbacks, that you think are first-round worthy? So I mean, it, it's it's really tough to say. They may be real devoid of talent. and The Packers trade up, which I mean, to be honest, with that exact same logic, we could move up. You know, what if they're what? You know, let's just stick with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Let's say they think that he is the you know ninth best guy in the draft. Well, pick nine rolls around and you're and he's still there. And then pick ten. I mean, at some point you're thinking, let's use the capital we need to go up and get the final top tier player in this draft. You don't want to sit there. Again, You, whether pick whatever player you want. I don't want to get hung up on him. I'm just saying generally, if that's the case, there is one guy. And, and by the way, the Packers don't usually get to draft first-round prospects. Remember last year, they were talking about wide receivers, and they said that they were targeting five different wide receivers uh, that they thought were legitimate first-round prospects. And after that, they said, we're not doing it, and they went for Quay Walker instead presumably because they still thought Quay was a first-round pick. But there's a lot of times when that's just not the case, and you don't have the luxury of drafting a first-round pick because they're all gone by the time you pick. They might have had a second-round grade on Quay, for all I know. It's just a higher grade than any of the other wide receivers. Maybe. I don't know. But if you have that legitimate uh, opportunity, you try to trade up, and then if you can't get him, then you probably try to trade back. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough to say, even even if we think we know how things are shaking out, I still have a hard time applying that to how that applies to us in this draft. If it's loaded, well, let's trade back, get some extra value, still get a good guy. If it's loaded, let's trade up and get a really good guy, or we could just stay where we are, we get a great player. If it's light, then you trade up because you want to get in there and get one of those guys, or you trade back because there are none of those guys, or you know. Then it then it also depends. Like, what if what if that next tier there's not a lot of guys? You know, the the tier one guys are gone. The Tier 2 guys are gone, like the Tier 1, like there's one of those guys. Then you got those Tier 2, like first-round prospect guys. You know, we miss out on that. It's like, well, why don't we just trade back? Well, maybe, but what if you've only got like eight of these Tier 3 guys? How much value do we want to give up to recoup a little value? So, yeah, it's it's really hard to say, to speculate how it's going to shake out is uh, the the fact
4: that the tight ends are not valued very highly. Yeah. And I'm a little confused about that uh, because if you have a tight end that can do, um, you know, as an awesome blocker, as well as a receiver, they're going to be on the, re- they're going to be out there um, a lot. Um, and I know you talk about our tight ends being specialists with Mercedes blocking and Tanyan and, and kind of, they have different roles. But if you can get a guy who's rat gets two or three of those characteristics in one, yeah, um, it certainly seems like that would be extremely valuable to a team. And then, oops, sorry about that. My alarm just went off. Um, and um my other point was
2: I'll, I'll assume that it's a separate point, but. Um, yeah I mean I I guess I'm I'm not sure I, it would be something I'd be interested in in just hearing Brian goodgunst answer because I it's probably simple enough to answer I just don't know what the answer is but um it it it's a question for me of do they not value tight ends or do they just not value the players as tight ends right I mean if you go back to the call that we got yesterday or the day before or whatever, talking about, you know, the pipeline for tight ends leads right into the NBA. So maybe NFL teams desperately want elite tight ends. They just don't come into the NFL very often. Therefore, they don't get drafted very early. They don't populate every single NFL, you know, every single NFL team has a wide receiver that's a star for the most part. I mean, maybe not every, let's just say there's, there's 32 wide receivers in the NFL that are number one wide receiver. How many like real legit number one tight ends are there? four or five-ish, I don't even, and I couldn't name them, even the ones that hit, you know, the next year they suck, but in any given year, there's like three or four-ish, maybe? You can kind of define that however you want, but you know what a real good tight end is, and you know that there aren't a ton of them. You when, you when you compare it to wide receivers and running backs and tackles and pretty much every other, pass rushers, oh my goodness, there's pass rushers everywhere. Top end, just elite dominant guys, there's no good tight ends. So is it that the NFL doesn't really care about them or is that that they care about them? That's just, they don't exist anywhere. They're not out there. That's what I don't know. But I do struggle with the idea that they don't care, not because it doesn't seem that way, because it does seem that way, but just because from a common sense standpoint, it's hard to think of something that's more critical than a tight end. If you got a guy that is just a dominant blocker off the edge, that's also you know one of your best receiving threats on the team. That sure seems like a heck of a weapon to have on any team.
4: If, if you're just moving the chains, it seems like tight ends are great for that, right? Maybe yeah. they're not explosive down the field guys, but um, you know, just just moving the chains, that if you have someone who's awesome at uh, catching the ball, route running, and at the same time helping you again on the offensive line, certainly it feels like it should be valued a lot higher than some of the other positions that we tend to put at the top. So. Just didn't know if you had any other thoughts on that. Um, you know, obviously teams that had outstanding uh, tight ends like Gronk and uh, Kelsey and those guys, um, and I, I know maybe they're once-in-a-lifetime type talents, but we've seen a few of them in our lifetime. So uh, this draft looks like it might have a couple that uh, might fall into that. So just and-
2: You got cut off. But, yeah, and, and, again, just just think about it from that perspective. In the last 10 years, how many elite tight ends have there been? In the last 10 years, how many elite wide receivers have there been? It, it's got to be 10 to 1. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, the the discrepancy.
4: All right, I ran out of time. Sorry about that, but uh, I was pretty much done. just wanted to have a little closure on the uh, call. Take care. Thanks again for the good work. Night.
2: Yep, no problem. Thanks for the call, Craig. And I'm 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 with you on the tight end thing. And, and again, I'd love to just be able to hear from, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a GM, but just somebody that's in the NFL that kind of understands where things are at with it. Um, what the situation is with tight end, because you have to assume everybody in the NFL sees Travis Kelsey and George Kittle and those guys and understands how critical they are to those teams. And I cannot imagine there's any team in the NFL looking at that going, nah, it's just not really for us. You know what I mean?
1: So with the draft coming
0: up, yeah, and everyone doing their the thing, looking up stuff for people, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be the, the tight end position It's pretty deep this year. It seems to be that way, yeah. So, my question is, at the end of the draft, and the Packers haven't drafted a single tight end, (laughs) how surprised will you
2: (laughs) be? All right. Bye. If it was a different situation, well, I'll put it this way. I'll just answer your question directly. I'd be stunned. Usually not very, because it's what I expect. Um, You know, everybody wants that wide receiver when we've got... Not only Devontae, but we've got three or four other guys that even though we don't like them, to is in love madly, over the moon, head over heels for these guys. And so, yeah, we're not going to get any wide receivers and everybody's going to lose their freaking minds. That wouldn't surprise me. But tight end as it stands right now, not getting one. Um, be pretty stunned, to be honest. But again, we'll see what happens before the draft if, uh, you know, couple little moves get made or anything like that.
0: Hey, back there, hey. Jersey Mike, uh...
2: you know what? I'm going to be a jerk. We're going to wait on that. We're going to wait on that. Jersey Mike coming up after the break. We're going to call that a teaser. I'm not a jerk. It's a teaser. I'm a smart businessman. Did that on purpose. We're going to take a break. I just saw what time it was. And, um, yeah, we'll catch Jersey Mike on the other side. Talk to you in a minute. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
0: Listening to you gush over uh, the Washington, yeah. number zero,
2: yeah,
4: big
0: man on big campus, man
2: Darnell How can you not get excited about the guy? Like, I, I get it. I got a couple people crit- criticizing me on Twitter, and I can't really argue with anything that they're saying, honestly, as far as, you know, there was one guy who was like, I wouldn't take him before the fifth, and I'm like, well, that seems a little silly, and pretty much every point he made is like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe, I don't know. I mean, if I was a scout, I'd try to throw some things at, but I haven't put in the work to really assess him beyond just the fact that he's a big, fast freak. He's stronger than everybody else on the field, and I feel like personally, if you can't find a way to get a guy that's that big with those big of hands, with that speed, a way to get the ball in his hands, I feel like you suck as an offensive coordinator slash head coach slash tight ends coach. If you guys can't put the ball... Did you see that one-handed catch? Did you see that? And his response was, you know, underwear Olympics. Like, okay, whatever. I mean, we think the the pads and helmet are going to weigh him down. He can't make that catch. The point is, he can do it. And it's easy for him because his hands are the size of my car. So, you know, he jumps up. I mean, and, and to have the agility, it was a, a spinning... 180, one-handed catch, two feet down. One of the feet might have been out, but it doesn't matter. We don't have instant replay at the Combine, so let's just say it was two feet. But if you can't find a way to incorporate that, I'm not talking. It doesn't happen. By the way, he he is as fast as Travis Kelsey, but I'm not talking about being Travis Kelsey even. Can you be like some kind of a version of, can you just be this like annoying, you know, like that. I referenced it before. I used to, I, I played Madden with my buddy and, He ran this one play, and I did not know how to defend it. And he just kept doing it over and over and over and over. And it was like, I, you know, I I would take control of it. It was just a slant route or something stupid. But I would take control of the linebacker, and I'd stand right there. And I just I couldn't – I could not stop it. I don't know what the freaking deal was. But can we just do that with him, you know, that annoying thing? It's like, what are you going to do? As long as we can get the ball placement, you put it up where only he can get it, which is – I mean, that's a pretty big area. You know, I feel like I'm not asking too much of Rogers slash Jordan Love to be able to hit that area. For most people, that, that area where only he can get it is a small window. For him, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the size of a human being, basically. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to be any good. I just like him. I I, I like everything about him. Has that it factor, right? Yeah. I mean, you're giggling about it.
0: But here's here's my problem. Yep. I've I now come to the conclusion. Dalton Kincaid... Did not run at the Combine. Nobody has any idea anything about him when it comes to athletics besides what we've seen on tape and besides what the, the program tells us. I mean, or, or maybe people around him, but you're not going to get a full, obvious, analytical way to, to quantify all in Kate. Michael Mayer is still probably a really good tight end prospect, but here's the problem. Washington has just flown up them draft boards and I am, con- I'm, I'm sincerely, sincerely concerned. Uh, let's, let's look at teams, uh, in front of us that could go tight end one Darnell Washington. Uh, I think the Patriots are a prime example of this. Um, they're really good at drafting tight ends and Tommy Belichick does not like you know, big big blocking tight ends that can make his running offense work. Yeah. I mean, that's how they play football up there in, in New England. So I'm, I'm worried, number one, about them. Let's let's look at a second team, the Raiders. Now people might be saying, what are you talking about? The Raiders have so many more needs. But do they? Do they? We've got Devontae Adams, who's old. You don't have Carr anymore, at quarterback. Uh, whoever the heck your quarterback is going to be, maybe a Terran Rodgers. Yeah, uh, yeah, you obviously your offense is what, I mean, Josh Jacobs is amazing. I love Josh Jacobs. You need some offensive line help. Wait, did you say you need offensive line help? Is there, uh, an extra offensive line guy who could also go out and say, oh, is that Darnell Washington? Damn it. Damn it. So, so Oakland, yeah, Oakland is definitely a prime candidate. I mean, they've got, uh, what's his name? Uh, that short slot receiver. I forget his name right now. Um, Hunter Renfro, there we go. Oh, yeah. he, he, he looked really good um, two years ago, not last year. I wonder if getting, you know, a big, big target guy in there could, could take some stress off of him. And this this is what I'm worrying about. So let's relook at the draft. Ryan, tell me, who are the teams that could, besides the ones that I mentioned, that could snipe Darnell Washington from us? And are you concerned that it's a possibility? Because I think I think we need to draft him. I think he's the highest up on my board, and he would make the biggest improvement to this program. I mean, that's what we do on offense. Anyway, go Pat, go. I'm
2: really torn on on where Washington's going to go. Um, if I had to see, I'm I don't know. I don't think he. I think it's less likely he gets drafted in front of us than it is that we draft somebody that isn't him because we don't value him high enough at 15 and then he's gone. I I think with my own internal hype machine after the combine, even though I kind of expected some of that, like I said, I, he actually underwhelmed as far as his 40 for me. I was maybe the only one. That and people on this podcast who I told he was going to run like a 4.6 and then he ran a 4.6.5 or however that panned out. But again, I think you know if he was a mid-second round prospect, does he then fly up to mid-first? Because he did what everybody expected. And I know the the big boards are basically just what the media thinks, but it's a little bit informed by what, you know, some of the media people are hearing from scouts and this, that, or the other. And those scouts already have this information. They knew how fast he was going to run, how high he was going to jump and all that with, within a few inches, within a few, you know, hundredths of a second, probably. So I I the biggest issue for me, although I'm I'm yeah, I'm I'm all the way in. I love it. The idea of a guy that I think could borderline legitimately play tackle. I I genuinely think if you told him to put on, what does he weigh two two sixty five or something? Tell him to put on uh, forty pounds, thirty pounds. I mean, I know there's a whole technique thing to it that he'd have to figure out, but I I just think he could do it if he you know let's just say if if somebody had converted him to tackle in college, I think he could have made that switch, and I bet he would have been a draft prospect today as a tackle. I really think he would be the fact that he is this mauling blocker and you know the other thing that the the guy on twitter said is that's all he is is a blocker i you know he, here's he, here's what i just thought of i think darnell washington is to mercedes lewis this is going to sound disrespectful to mercedes but hang in there darnell washington is to mercedes lewis what i said christian watson was to mvs when we drafted christian watson the thought was at a bare minimum Worst case scenario, he's MVS, which is to say he's not a very good receiver, but he runs fast in a straight line. Eventually, he'll catch a couple of those. And if nothing else, he'll just stretch out the defense because we know he can run fast. So there's at least that. That's the minimum. And then it's all up from there. And obviously, you know, the the, the ceiling basically doesn't exist. And we kind of got a little bit of a glimpse of that. That's Darnell Washington for me. At At a minimum, I think he's an incredible blocker. He might not have the technique down that Mercedes does but i think he's every bit as much of a dog i think he's just as uh, physically freakishly strong to, i mean i'm and and wildly more agile he's got speed that mercedes never had he mercedes ran a 48 when he came out of college i don't know what he would run today washington's running a 465 way faster way more agile so if the worst case scenario is he's mercedes lewis he stays in and blocks the vast majority of the time and occasionally we sneak him out for an easy walk-in touchdown because nobody was expecting it. In an occasional, you know, we're going to flip it out to him, he's going to steamroll six guys for 15 yards, and everybody loses their freaking mind. He sets the tone. He sets the pace. He brings up that violence and that energy of our team. You're freaking right I want Darnell Washington on the team, even if that's what he is at worst. It's It's a big stretch if we're talking at 15. I get that. You'd definitely be disappointed if that was all he did. As a second-round guy, even, it's kind of like, you know, you wish. But, you know, again, with Christian Watson's second round, it was kind of like, well, you know that's his his floor. And then you just try to build from that. But again, that that's my biggest concern with with Washington, isn't that he's going to get sniped before us. It's that I, I don't, you know, if, if we value him, in other words, maybe, maybe the Packers would be okay taking him at, like, pick 24, 25-ish. Unless we trade way back or something, I just, I just have a feeling we're not going to draft Darnell Washington. I just feel like it's not in the cards, and I definitely don't think he's going to make it to 46. Now, there is that one miracle situation where we did did what we did, do what we did last year. We get our first-round pick, and then we just throw everything else away, get way up to the top of the second round, and maybe we could even trade back in the first. How dope would it be? I'm sure like 65,000 people have already suggested this, but how cool would it be if we trade back, get a guy like Njigba, use that capital and our third or whatever it's going to take to get up to the top of the second and get Darnell Washington. In the first two rounds, we come away... Within Jigba in Washington. That'd be freaking dope. What about defense? <laughs> freaking boomer. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, we got to do something about that. I'm just saying it'd be cool. But I'm, I'm again, I, I kind of want to wait for the dust to settle a little bit and see where things are actually moving. Um, I don't think things are going to move quite as much as we're all anticipating, but we shall see. Um, you know, in the coming days and weeks is when we're going to start hearing you know, rumors Darnell Washington could be a first round prospect, could be a top this, that, or the other prospect, or or we won't start hearing that. So we'll see. But as of right now, he is a late first, early second prospect in my mind.
0: Hey, it's Jersey Mike again. Uh real quick about Rogers' visit to to New Jersey slash New York. Yeah. Um well let, let's let's put it into a tiny bit of perspective here. Um there's a few things he could be doing in Jersey. Yeah. Uh, Jersey, a lot of people don't know this, but has a lot of really good athletic trainers. Okay. Maybe he's there doing something like that. Uh, Jersey's also, and and New York are really, in my humble opinion, having traveled this country from coast to coast, top to bottom. Listen, tri-state area, specifically New Jersey and New York has the best food in this country. I don't, I don't care who you are, what you have to say listen what's the best Louisiana you know Cajun? all right you got to go to New york you
2: want to know why you got wait a minute <laughs> all right go
0: ahead you gotta go to New york because you got to find the person who moved from Louisiana and has all their recipes to New york you got to go to their restaurant because i
2: i don't know about that listen i i just said a couple calls ago that you guys got some great food up no i'd love to go to New York just for the food that's it the pizza the steaks the Italian food the everything they got the great these great i get it but you also have to understand, I've, I've also just, you know, just going on the Google machine, looked at, like, some of the best barbecue restaurants, and they'll show, like, the Memphis place, and they got pictures. Every time you look at the one from New York, it's this classed-up piece of crap that looks all clean and neat and stupid. There's no way. There's no way in the world New York barbecue... And for that matter, maybe Cajun, I don't know. I don't know. Cajun's a different... I mean, anything that you can do with, you know, if you don't need this giant smoker or whatever out back, which you can't really do as easily in New York as you can somewhere down south, maybe other kinds of food, fine. But I'm, I'm just telling you, there is no way in the world that there is any legitimate barbecue guy that would say that the best barbecue restaurants are in New York. I've never heard that. Nobody would ever say that. And again, just looking at the pictures, it looks stupid. It looks awful. So I can't speak for Cajun. I know you're pissing off a lot of Southern people by saying that uh, about the Cajun thing. Um, I'll grant you a lot of kinds of food, no question. of. I'd love to go out there and get some steaks, get some Italian food, get some pizza. But um, Aside from that, I don't, I don't, mm, eh.
0: I don't know what it is, but the food is freshest. It
2: tastes the best, the ingredients are the best. I think if you go somewhere where the money is, that's where you get the high quality everything. You know, out out here, there's not as much money. And so if you build this high, qu- because if you're going to do high quality, you got to charge a lot of money and nobody wants to pay that. People around here, I even, I was looking, I was like, you know, I want to take my wife to a really nice upscale, like the lights are down. High quality fresh ingredient—it just doesn't exist. I have to drive to Milwaukee if I want to do that, or drive to Madison if I want to do that. I don't want to do that, but you know. And then you go to New York; it's a different level of money out there, right? So the the yeah, I mean, and yeah, I'm, I'm not saying everything has to be the the, the nicest or whatever, but I, I just think when you go where there's money, you get more fresh ingredients, you get more stuff because the demand for all that is there. L.A. is kind of the same, but their food sucks because they're so prissy about everything, right? In New York, it's it's a perfect blend of we have a lot of money and want the best food. And also I want it to freaking taste good. Whereas in California, it's like I want it to look pretty and be healthy and taste like, you know, something that trying not to be crude, but I can't think of anything. It tastes like crap. But it looks pretty and it's healthy and it's light. I look good eating it in a whatever dress that I have on. But yeah, I mean I, I was out in uh Massachusetts two years ago for my grandpa's funeral, and we went out to an Italian place, and we were in kind of like the South Boston area, and my uh, my aunt who lives out there gave a couple different recommendations, and we went to this one place, and oh my good, I couldn't, you know, and it's always one of those things, too, where you think, how good could it really be, honestly? You know, I mean, Italian food's Italian food. Pasta's pasta, is sauce. I mean, it could be a good sauce or whatever, but I mean, it's, it's just what, and then you eat it, and it's, I mean, it was just this place that had like, the the regular checker table, red and white, this, that, or the other. It wasn't anything fancy at all, kind of hole in the wall kind of thing, but it was just, it it was just this home cooked, like grandma made it. And my grandma didn't even make Italian food, but you you ate it and you're just like, oh, somebody's grandma made this for sure. I know this. I can I know that flavor. That's love. I haven't tasted that since, you know, since Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I I'm I'm with you to a point. I'm just saying, I don't know, man. Also, I'm I'm not going to believe, I believe you have great pizza. I'm just not going to believe that it's like heads and tails above everything else until I try it myself, which I'm, I'll probably die before I ever have it, which is a sad thing, but it's probably true. But I just, I can't. Listen, Chicago's got good pizza, and it's what I grew up on. So that, I, that in my mind, like that, there's a standard for what pizza is going to taste, and I'm going to go eat it, and I'm just going to be like, nah. I hope I'm wrong, though. I hope it just changes my life. I always want better food. I don't care about rivalries. I think Illinois is stupid anyways. Forget that state. I, I just, I I always want there to be better something out there, you know? It sucks to think that you're never going to get anything better than this. So it always makes me nervous when you like eat a steak and it's like, that's eh, pretty good. And then you look at it and it's like, I mean, is that, is this like, is this it? Like, did I just create in my backyard the best thing that anybody is ever going to eat and I'm never going to experience anything better than this? And then you either make one or you get like a prime or you go to a restaurant or something and you eat it and you're like, oh, there's a whole other universe. Oh my goodness. That was even just the other day when I made a, a pork chop thing. I've, I, you know, the only thing I really know is is grilling, but I've, I've started to do like some kitchen stuff, you know, like some Gordon Ramsay stuff. I'm using my robot to like teach me how to do stuff. And so it's just like, just like cast iron, sear it, pop it in the oven. Just like they do on the old TV shows and stuff. And I made like a glaze and everything. I put it on there. I'm like, I don't know, dude. It's like a mustard sauce. I told you guys about this already, but I'm like, I don't know, mustard on pork chops. You try it individually and it's like, I mean, it's good, but I don't want it on a freaking pork chop. And then you put it all together and it's like, what is this? And I messed everything up and it was just, oh. So I love that there's just this world of better out there. And I believe that New York is is one of those areas that just has so many of those. That's why I want to go there. I mean, I don't want to be there. If I could snap my fingers and be in the restaurant and eat and then snap my fingers and leave, I would. But um, yeah, I, I I believe you when you tell me that that whole region. I mean, just I mean, you know, again, the clam chowder in Boston. Oh, dude, come on, the freaking clam chowder out there—it's life-changing. Except the stuff at the freaking dog track that put onions in their in their clam chowder. That place, I hope it got shut down. Puts onions in clam chowder. What is wrong with you? I'm talking chunks. Anyways, I apologize. Go ahead.
0: Might have something to do with having all them shipping ports right there where all the goods come from uh, Europe and whatnot.
2: Fair enough. I don't
0: know. Anyway, so it could be about food. You could be going on a little foodie adventure. Uh, it could be about family because that's the only reason I go to Jersey. Um, or it could be what, I, what I'd what i say, you know, is business because uh, New York is a media hub, and everybody likes to think California. Listen, right. New York is a media hub. Right. I can, I can go to all them places right there in Manhattan. I can go, and, and that's where they're filming. When you watch uh, NFL Good Morning yep. uh, Football, they're, they're filming down in New York. Uh, so there's there's a lot of media business that could be done. Um, I mean, maybe an expo, but I looked it up. I think kind of sports exposure or any kind of freaky-deaky, you know, uh, East and East West kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a reason for, oh, wait, there is another reason to be in Jersey, and that's, that's the Meadowlands training facility. Um, he could be there hanging out with the Jets, going to see a coach. It's actually really easy to sneak in there without anybody noticing. Um, there's too many damn people in New Jersey. It's hard to follow one man. So, no. and my dogs are freaking out. Neighbors are having work done on their house. <laughs> anyway, on that note.
2: Uh, yeah, what do you think? Okay. Yeah, I mean, aside from the food thing, which I would I would love to just spend another hour talking about that, but, um, yeah, I know a lot of people thought with the whole him being in New York, it's, well, that's stupid. He could be doing anything. I understand that. But now, right at the time when the Packers and Rodgers are supposed to be discussing this issue, at a time when we know the Jets are pursuing Rodgers, at a time when the Jets just had um I can't think of the guy's freaking name Derek Carr in. I remember we only really found out about that because somebody snapped a secret photo of them all at some restaurant that's how we saw that he was there they had him in on a secret meeting you don't think it's possible that he's weighing his options with the Jets you don't think I mean honestly what 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 are the it's it's not terrible odds even as a part of his process of trying to figure out what to do that he would want to go out there. And he could even keep it from the Packers. I don't know. Maybe he can't. I have. Maybe he can't do that. Actually, can he even do I don't think he can do any of this, now that I think about it. Uh, it just hit me that I think all of that is illegal. But that's what makes it even more exciting. <laughs> Nobody's supposed to know he's even on. Here's the thing. Oh, this is what happened. He never went to Jersey. He stayed in New York. It's like one of those old mafia meetings. Or better yet, this is like the time. Remember when? Who the heck was it? It was the Seahawks GM and it was I think it was the Bears. They met in like Fargo or something. They flew to some remote area out in Fargo to have this secret meeting about possibly trading for Russell Wilson. And that was right before he decided they decided to ship him off to the Broncos. Oh, how great would it have been if he went to the Bears? <laughs> Maybe that's what that was. It was a secret meeting. Rogers is out kind of doing his own thing. He's, you know, quote-unquote, visiting the girlfriend. He's doing the, yeah, he's he's doing everything you listed. But also, he went to go hang out with a couple people. Oh, I hope that's true. I hope it's super illegal and they did it anyways. You know, like Mafia Don style, too. There's a guy standing out front. Across the street, you got the FBI taking pictures with those old-school recorders, you know? It's got, like, tape. Running to record the conversation, you got Rogers and his inner circle on one side of the table, and on the other side of the table, you got Sala and his crew. Oh, it'd be glorious and so fitting. Anyways, I think we're gonna leave it with that. We've got Matt Garrett, Brian, and Nate locked and loaded for tomorrow. It uh, should be enough for a uh, show, but I don't know. It's kind of on the it's kind of on the fringes because we've only got two, four, six, seven total calls between the one, two, three, four of them. So please get your calls in to make sure that we can uh, have an episode tomorrow, 608-501-0718. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.